Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And we are here the day after the night before. And we reckon there's 20 million City fans who might have wanted to go to that game at the Bernabeu. Uh, there were 4,000 City fans at the Bernabeu, and one of those people is here. I was not there. Good evening to Joe Doherty, who was not there. Evening. Uh, good evening to Rob Behrens, CTID, who was not there. Hi, hi. And hello to Paul Denby, who was there. Good evening. So, Mr. Denby, you look a little bit sort of... Tired. Tired. <laughs> 2, 6.30 in the morning flights, there and back. But what an experience... You've been some, before? That's the first no, that's the first time to the Bernabeu. Yeah. Absolutely magnificent experience. Just to go to Madrid for the day, have the tapas, have a few beers with the city fans, then go to the ground. The atmosphere in the ground was just superb. I'm not sure how well it came across on the television, how loudly the city supporters were singing throughout the game for virtually 90 minutes. It was non-stop. I know we were probably... At, the Madrid fans probably drowned us out a lot of the time. It was just a great experience, and I just wish that all 20 million of the followers that we might think there might be get the opportunity to sit in such big games at some point in the future. Okay, we lost, and we're all disappointed. And the, the manner in which we lost, I'm sure we'll talk about, was disappointing as well. But it was just, just great to be there. I'm old enough to have been to some of those crappy grounds in the past. I've seen City at Wickham, City at Oxford, City away at Gillingham. <clears throat> So I've been to all those games in the, when we're in the third tier of English football or whatever. So to actually say that I've now been to the Burnabout to see my great team, Man City, play, I've got it. I've done it. And it's just, I'm very lucky. You've been to the Burnabout, Rob? No, I haven't. And, and Joe, you're, you're just too young. I've been to the new camp, but not the Burnabout. Okay. And when did it become the Bernabeu? This is what I want to know. Every single broadcaster I would be listening to, it, it was all, as a boy, even now as a grown man, it's the Bernabeu. Suddenly, and I think in the last three weeks, it's become the Bernabeu. Can well, someone help me with that, please? Well, it is. In Spanish, you pronounce every letter, and that is Bernabeu. 
Sorry, I mean, we, well, we've pronounced it wrong for you. All right, let me rephrase that. Why have we suddenly now, in England, started calling it the most oh, popular I, I see what you mean. issue? I'm not saying I'm in Spain, they can pronounce how, how the hell they oh, like. I see what you mean. Us um, English people, it's always been the Bernabeu. And in three weeks, for three weeks, it's suddenly be the, been the Bernabeu. It's because City were playing there. They wanted to confuse us. Is that what it is? I cannot, can't think of another reason, because it's always been the Bernabeu. And I appreciate what you're saying, Joe. In Spanish, it might be the Bernabeu, oh, but... I know what you mean. In, in this country, I've always thought it was the Bernabeu until I actually had to, like, analyse it properly once for an exam. Listen, I always like to kick these things off with kind of, you know, giving you two sides so we can have that debate, you know. So, so are we, Rob, kick us off with this. Are we celebrating the fact that our amazing Manchester City have played in the Bernabeu in the Champions League semi-final against Real Madrid? Or are we saying... You know, we basically went out on a whimper and they're overpaid mercenaries. Which, which one are we going for, Rob? Or is it as ever somewhere in the middle? We're not saying either of those things. At least I'm not. I mean, it was immensely disappointing to get all that way uh, and then to not to show up on the pitch. That, that was disappointing. But the perspective has to be that this is the only English team, the only British team that got that far, they played against a very fine Real Madrid team. They were not uh, the better team, but they were certainly not played off the park. And they were in it right up to the last minute. So had Aguero's uh, shot gone in, then Pellegrini would have been one of the geniuses of Western Europe for his strategy and tactics. So I think there has to be some perspective here. Yes, it was immensely disappointing. And I don't really understand why there seemed to be a passionless performance. Um, and, and that is irritating. But, we, you know, we move on. We learn from the experience. And it was that, as Rob p- puts it, that passionless piece that is probably the bit that's frustrating lots on social media and in the press you know a lot of city fans having you know serious go and, and yeah i think we around these reasonable three four of us around the table come from the perspective of we're in the semi-final of the champions league further than anybody's gone of the british sides but it, it it was very very disappointing to see so many people not put in a shift it was it was hugely disappointing and i totally agree with you rob i'm not on that school of thought of we've got the semi-finals how amazing to see us in the burner bear obviously it's a big deal but you know we shouldn't be gumming out of this and going oh well we've turned up and we did well we're supposed to go once you're in the semi-finals you're meant to think of these teams as equals we can't go there and come away think oh we only lost one nil we did our best you know Hart had a good game it's very frustrating we needed we didn't at any point look like equalising in my opinion okay we had a couple of shots that on another night might have gone in but we, the way we played we didn't deserve to go through and in, in, any different sort of sitting there in, in the stadium? Do you get a different perspective on it particularly or, or, or are we all talking sense here? No, we, we all said the same thing on the way out of the game last night. It was, why did our two biggest players of the last few weeks, a couple of months or so, De Bruyne and post-injury and pre-injury and Aguero, not turn up in either of the two games? Because De Bruyne's pass rate must have been less than 50% success last night. Yeah. Aguero struggled to get in the game. When he did get the ball, he didn't do very much with it, albeit the service was poor. You need, those, you need your stars to actually turn up as well. I'm not just criticising them, don't get me wrong. I think the positives were the defence played very, very well, including Hart. He made a couple of very good saves, but the defence on the whole played well. What disappointed everybody in the stadium, and I'm sure it was around, around the 20 million around the world, was the fact that we were 1-0 down, and we, we accepted 1-0 down, and thought, 70 minutes, right, let's get going. 
nothing happened. 75 minutes, let's get going, nothing happened. 80, 82, we, did, we had that one shot from Aguero, which was 80-something minutes, I think, give or take. I think, I think Fernandinho at the post as yeah, well. Yeah, he, he did he? in the first half, but it, it just we never got going. We never had a sustained part of pressure. Maybe that's because Real Madrid played well, and we just couldn't do anything with it, but it was disappointing we've been here before can i just mention company and and is it a coincidence you know he you know he's is he knackered a diff, different question but you know as soon as he goes off rob um you know we concede the goal and and we don't have that leader on the pitch and i've i've seen people talking about there was no leadership there is he that significant does he make that much difference when he goes off well he clearly does make that difference and uh it's indisputable that Mangala and Otamendi are second-class players in comparison to what you need to be a a, a top-class team. And so every time that company is injured, which has been all season, uh, they have a a suspect uh, uh, middle two in in, in the back four. But you shouldn't take away... and And what annoys me is that people are ignoring the fact that we lost Silva, we lost company, we lost Nasri... So to criticise us for not being creative when Yaya, who was awful last night, but probably wasn't fit enough to play and probably shouldn't have been selected, uh, also he, he couldn't um, be, be compensatory. And to me, the, the, the strange thing is that De Bruyne was so anonymous because he's really played well uh, since he came back from injury. What, out of position, Joe, or just an off a bad day at the office? What's your view on De Bruyne? I think uh, we've got well, put it this way: we've got three number tens in the club: Nasri, Na- uh, Silva, De Bruyne, and we have in the last couple of years or so, we have often struggled if we've only had one of them on the pitch because as good as they are, you can stick some you know half rate player on them just to mark them out the game. Not saying that Real Madrid's players are like that, but you can just mark them out the game. I mean, you know, we've had games where Silva's been marked out, etc. But if you take a game like I don't know Chelsea the other day when we had Nasri and De Bruyne on the pitch and they, you know, you can't keep both of them quiet. It they're much they I think they play better off each other. And I thought last night having only De Bruyne as the creative hub of the team and serious and not playing it Playing a bit out of position as well, of course, but lacking Silva and or Nasri, I think that, that affected us. And I think we'd have maybe, you know, had a bit more of a go at them had we had a bit more creative spark on the pitch. Were you surprised to see Yaya in the lineup, knowing that kind of probably his legs aren't quite what they were sort of five seasons ago? I was disappointed to see him, but I wasn't surprised. I expected the team that was named to be the team that turned up. I think playing Yaya behind Aguero is not great when you've got De Bruyne on the pitch because it pushes De Bruyne out left and De Bruyne is better when he plays really behind Aguero. Uh, and that, that made a minor impact once they took Yaya off and when Sterling came on and played down the left-hand side and De Bruyne in the middle, a minor impact. It wasn't a dramatic change. But I, I think Yaya's legs have gone. He's, he's, uh, he can't do it anymore at that level. He might be okay for the odd match in a season where he can do it, but... Uh, what we need nowadays, I'm afraid, Yaya, great servant, and the rest of it, we've talked about it, but he's not there anymore. But, but Yaya and company could have played the last games for City, which is, you know, saying that four seasons ago, you'd, you'd be laughed out of court, but it could well be we don't see them again in a sky blue shirt. Well, there are a lot of players that we may not see again, and this is a defining moment for City. And when Guardiola comes in, he has a big job to do to restructure the team. So that is one of the things that is exciting from all of this, that uh, it cannot be business as usual once these two games are out of the way. But could we just 
make one point about the disgraceful refereeing decision. Uh, the, the attack on Sterling, which, which went relatively unpunished when uh, Vasquez should have been sent off. And in that situation, although City were the inferior team, they would have had a chance in the last 10 minutes uh, really to put the pressure on. I'm going to return to type here and, and give you my view that if you listen to the commentary back again, which I haven't done, but I suspect when the incident was first seen, the commentator said, oh, it's a foul on Sterling, free kick. When it was then showed in slow motion and zoomed in on the leg, and suddenly it became a Sunday, I don't remember the commentator said, oh my God, what a terrible challenge, he's got to go the minute it was seen. And we had the benefit of seeing it slowed down, you know, close up on the TV screen. Players run in front of each other, you know, and, and the referee gets one chance to see it. When it was slowed down and we saw it again, it was a shocking tackle, don't get me wrong. But, you know, the referee sees it once only. I don't know what the view in the, in the stadium was everybody saying send him off or no. it was a foul exactly my point no it, it, we didn't we, we saw a foul it was exactly. very quick it was down in the corner from the far side of where we sat we knew it was a foul yellow cardish, but you couldn't see I've not even seen it subsequently so I can't comment but I believe in the press they're saying yeah. hindsight red card with, with five minutes to go could it have made a difference yeah it could have done I suppose going down ten men but they, you know, they, they played ten men behind the ball by then I'm not sure what an impact that necessarily would have had it was one incident I don't think the referee had a bad game actually and you know for no, a, so it wasn't, wasn't um, difficult to ref to be fair but it wasn't Sterling who had an awful game against Southampton did better uh, yesterday when he came on so hopefully he will can we talk about rail briefly? Because I think you made the point you know, over the two legs. You know, they only beat us one nil, and um, but one or two standout performances. You know, Bale, Bale looks. He looks. I think he's a target of ours, isn't he? Looks. Looks a decent prospect. This young Welsh lad. I think Bale was very good in in the second leg. I thought he was a bit hit and miss. The player I thought really stood out for them was Modric over two legs. I thought in midfield he controlled it in both games. His passing, his tackling, he's, he's, he's a fantastic player. And who'd have thought, I mean, he was a good player at Tottenham, but when Madrid signed him, it always felt a bit of a, they're signing him so no one else can have him rather than the Galactico signing. And I think he was stunning over two games. Thought Ronaldo last night, yeah, he was all right. You know, I thought we dealt with him reasonably well, but he's half fit. You know, I, I didn't think that Madrid were that good, to be honest. My, my wife had stood up, walked past the telly and knocked it, and Ronaldo fell over. <laughs> I don't know if that actually happened. Oh, Rob, yes. Rob who, stood out for you? Uh, who stood out for you, Rob? It, I mean, the irony for me is that Isco had a, a, a very good game last night, and City had been trying to get him for at least two years. And you could see why uh, last night. I, I thought that um, just looking at the, at the game... Real Madrid seem to have more players on the pitch than City <laughs> and that must be a tribute to their coordination and skill in comparison to our disjointed uh, display and I thought the two uh, Real Madrid wing backs played extremely well and they were supposed to be uh, weak points link, yeah. and, and in fact that wasn't the case but we did give the ball away a lot didn't we we gave that and then they held on to the ball and they cut shut us down much quicker than we, we gave the ball away so many times well, we did uh, and part of it is they did harass us an awful lot and again we didn't we can't cope with that we seem to run out of ideas we passed the ball very slowly again across the back because we were looking for openings and players were making runs to find the space mm. every time you looked up with madrid had the ball there was always seemed to be one of their players in space when we looked up in City, they were like, well, no, you can't have the ball because you're marked. 
go and find some space. And when they did play the ball eventually, inevitably we lost it very quickly. I don't know what the possession statistics were, but it can't have been good. And the possession doesn't mean very much, but the rate of the passing success rate for City must have been abysmal last night. And I think that was partly because of the harassment that Real put on City the, and rushing at us quite regularly. And we just couldn't take it. And in terms of City, Joe Hart had an, another good game. Uh, you yeah. could argue it's his job. You know, as I said, he's paid 120 grand a week to stop the ball going in the net, so he did that reasonably well. Anybody else stand? Anybody else you could actually, you know, give a, a reasonably good report for for on on the night, Rob? I thought Fernandinho was w- one of our better players, but you know, the three weak points for me were Navas. Navas was awful again. He cannot pass the ball. He loses it every time he tries to dis- distribute it. Yaya was hopeless last night, and De Bruyne couldn't couldn't string a pass together. So no wonder we kept losing uh, possession of the ball when three star players like that keep giving it away. Any highlights for you apart from England's number one? I'll give you Gal Cliche. I thought he played quite well last night. He actually, it, was, it almost felt like at some points. I mean, you know, he's probably our, in terms of our fullbacks, he's the least good going forward. But there were some moments where he sort of felt like, right, no one else is doing this. I'm going to do this by myself. He'd get the ball, he'd pass it forward. He, he was the only one who seemed to think, come on, let's get this going. And it was really disappointing. None of the rest of the team shared that passion. I mean, that brings me to another point is that. Lots of times this season we've said the team haven't turned up. But for me, it is beyond a joke if they can't bring themselves to turn up. I said this after the derby as well, actually. There's two games this season where you really thought, okay, you haven't turned up at time season, but if you do it in these two games, we can maybe forgive you. But they haven't even done it in the big games as well this season. It's been absolutely pathetic. Is that... Pellegrini, I suppose two points. Is that Pellegrini? I want to come on to you know what is his legacy? You know we've not got many games to talk about this, and uh, so last last night Pellegrini, the way he set us up, the way he motivated the team. At some point, he's got to take some criticism. He's, he's a charming chap and all that stuff, but some criticism for Pellegrini last no, night. Of course, he's got to take some. Not not overall for last night. I think he set it up to try to keep them down to zero or one for as long as possible, and to that end, he succeeded. What he failed to do is get the team motivated to get going forward and press in the last 20 minutes or so, whether it's from 60, 65, it doesn't matter. But 1-0 down, and we've discussed it, it doesn't matter whether you lose 2 or 3-0, you might, you've got to go and get that equaliser that would have put us through the one goal. And we were just praying that we were going to get it, but it didn't really ever look like, even the Aguero shot, it didn't look like we were going to score. It was a great shot, but... No, so Pellegrini's got some. He's got to take some criticism. He's the manager, and we didn't do it. I think uh, we're paying for wanting to replace Mancini, who is criticised for his aggressive, uh, no-nonsense approach, and what they went for was a more relaxed, urbane approach. And last night, we paid for it because the motivation wasn't there as it has not been there too many times this season and the team looks as though it's ticking over uh, and the manager has not been able to motivate the team now he's done very well to get to the semi-final he's done very well to to you know to win the premier league and to win three competitions but he's a second-rate manager and uh, that's why we need the up- upgrade I, I totally agree, and I think you're, you're talking about Mancini. You know, very passionate, but he could. The players didn't like him. You've got Pellegrini, not as passionate. But the players obviously do seem to warm to him, but maybe don't always perform for him. I think, thank God, we've got who we have next season because I always feel like he's a 
he's a combination of the two. He can do both jobs. He can be a man manager and he can tell them if they're doing it wrong. That's the And also I, the big thing about Pep is, and going back to one of my earlier points, he won't let the players get away with not believing they're as good as any opposition. And that's what's let us down... I thought, you know, we did well against PSG, but it's what's let us down at times in, in the years we've been in the Champions League. Barca, Real, Bayern, all teams that, you know, if you have a go at them, we are, we are good enough to beat them. But we've never, we, look, we just look scared every time we got the ball in the Bernabeu. Yeah, and I understand your point, Joe, but Mancini was also the manager when we had some attitude. So when we lost in the early games of the Champions League to the Bayerns yeah. and, and that, he was the manager as well. I, I'll just take a minor issue, Rob. You said Pellegrini's a second-rate manager. It depends what you mean by second-rate. Second, second order, second, second order. tier. Yeah, OK, I'd, I'd go with that. He's, yeah. he's not in the Guardiola or... There's, a, there's only two or three managers that you'd classify as being up there, potentially. Maybe three or four. So Ran- I agree with Ranieri that. Ranieri now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ancelotti. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. But, so. but Pep's been knocked out of the Champions League. You know, he hasn't, last few seasons, he's not got Sem- there, has he? Only got to the semi-finals with Bayern three years on the run, exactly. I think it is. It's not, at the end of the day, it's a cup competition. You, all the big teams will get out of the group stages. City should, if they qualify for it, get out of the group stages. It's big if. But once you get into a knockout competition, as Barcelona found, if you're not on form, you go out. Bayern couldn't quite make it against Atletico the other night. They were the better team in the second leg, but couldn't get that third goal that would have taken them through. It's cup competition. Had, we, had Aguero's shot gone in, had, and I know it didn't, one all, we go through. And it's fine margins in cup competitions. I mean, Mancini, for all his passion, had a hopeless record in Europe, so we have to remember that. I'd have put that down more to an experience than naivety, as I would with Pellegrini. Okay, but, you know, and I accept that Guardiola lost uh, this week, but look at Simeone on the touchline. You know, it's worth watching him rather than the players. And I'm not saying that is entirely impressive behaviour, but the passion communicates itself to the team in a way that Pellegrini does not do. So what's Pep going to bring? Let's, let's move on. We know we lost, it, you know, all the ifs and buts of what have happened, and you know, we've come close. As you, I think you're absolutely right. You know, if, if, can you imagine if that Aguero goal had just gone in and we'd, they dominated and we just scored that one goal and we're suddenly sitting here through to a Champions League final? I think it would be a slightly different mood in this studio. However, it's not happening. Let, let's just move on to Pep because this is an exciting time. You know, the, the, let, let's 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 be straight. You know, we, richest club in the world. The stadium's expanding. We're Champions League semi-finalists. We've won another trophy. We've got probably the best manager on the planet being our manager. What's what's he going to bring, Joe? What what help us understand that excitement? Why are we excited about Pep? Well, he's not going to he's not going to be like Pellegrini. Has been too accepting of mediocre players while he's been at City. I don't think Pep will accept anything less than the best from any player in the team. I think Pep will replace what needs to be replaced in the team. And sometimes with Pellegrini, you feel, you know, maybe she should have replaced Torre last summer. Maybe he should have replaced various other players. I think, uh, But the main thing is I think Guardiola will bring the team belief and make them believe they're as good as anyone we might play in any competition, which I don't think Pellegrini has always given off. Anything else? Is that it, Rob? Is that what well, he's going to bring? It, that's all true. But, you know, what he needs to, to bring is a, a decent centre-half. <laughs> you know, we've waited and waited all season for Mangala to, to, to get better. It, it, it happened once, I think. He had a good game against uh, PSG and perhaps one other game. Uh, but, but, 
you know, he hasn't consistently delivered the goods. There are too, too many mediocre suspect players like Navas, Fernando, now Yaya is too old. And, and they have to be respectfully cleared out uh, to produce a vibrant pressing team that is capable of keeping the ball. And the kinds of players that you hear about in the press that Guardiola is interested in uh, suggests that he wants to create a, a, a total football team. And that's, that is exciting. Do you want to talk about what Pep's, Pep brings or do you want to talk, on about, talk about the clear out and, 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 and the news? So try and, try and pick up both okay. if you can, Paul. Uh, well, one thing he's going to bring, without doubt, is expectation. And that's going to be really challenging, particularly in the first season. The expectations are we've got the best manager or one of... Well, most people think he's the best manager in the world. With that brings the expectation that we will win the Premier League, at least semi-finals of the Champions League again. Um, The League Cup and FA Cup will probably go to the back of his line. He might have a... We'll see. But that is a minimum expectation. I think that's pretty demanding in his first season. He has to adapt to the Premier League... I'm sure he's watched hundreds of videos and watched watched it and got got all the dossiers that he needs because he's that sort of person from what I understand Um, but to get the right players that then mould them into a team in the first season will be challenging Mm. I think from where we are today he's got to get us challenging for the Premier League even if we don't quite win it next season so top two-ish say or within two or three points and again, we've got to be looking at semi-finals of the Champions League. So, so where well, does he start? Can, can we start with a clear out then? Right. Uh, the, you, the one thing that I'll be really disappointed with. Sorry, I just, just no, please. On this is if he gets rid of Joe Hart, which there are rumours yep. that the Barcelona keeper is on his um, desire list. Yeah, he's not. He's not Pep's type of keeper. I'm not no, quite sure uh, what that means. Uh, he stops, well, distribution. He stops the ball. Distribution. Uh, to my we, mind, we had that last time as well. You yeah. know, the, 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 do me a favour. No, I'm with you, you. Rob. You're going to say something, I think. Well, uh, we, we're assuming here that we're going to be in the Champions League next year. And, you know, well, then win the Europa uh, League. Well, they have to win two games in order to get there, which is problematic. But, you know, I don't think that is such... I mean, it would be immensely disappointing. But in terms of the rebuilding, mm. it will take the pressure off Guardiola if, if they don't qualify for the Champions League, though I wouldn't like that to happen. Good point. So, so on that point, let's start with a clear out then. So, who, who's on the list then to go? I mean, Rob's kicked off already with one or two names, which we probably agree uh, with. Who, who's think, on your list? I think there's quite a few players, as Rob said. The ones that Rob mentioned, I don't have any issue with. Fernando, I might consider keeping, but he's got a hit and miss rate. I'm afraid, unless Zab recovers, he's, he's, he's got blue blood in him. I really love the guy. He's like company, isn't he? Yep. But I think he's just gone past his sell-by date now, and I think he's probably he'll probably be on his way. Bonnie's going to go because he's not a he's not that sort of player. Inevitably, I think Navas might go. I don't think he'll keep Navas. He'll keep Sterling. I think Silva will probably stay, but I'm not sure because he might want to bring a couple of other different players in. Silva's get 30-ish now, so he's reaching, he's probably peak or past peak, a bit injury prone now. He might consider Silva even going, which could be, that's like um, sacrilege to us as well. Do you want to add some names, Joe? Kolarov has got to go. (laughs) After, we haven't really mentioned Southampton, thankfully, but Kolarov, he hasn't got a hope in that team, especially his cliche, to his credit, who I've always thought was not, not much better, has had a very good second half of the season, and I would keep, I would keep cliche and Sanya and buy two new fullbacks. Um, uh, Fernando, I'm with you, I'd probably keep him, Paul. I think that, um, I think he's brought something to the team this season. In certain games, he's good at grinding out the clean sheets. Fernandinho can't go, obviously. De Bruyne, Aguero, Sterling, they're 
probably all safe. Um, I agree, Hart shouldn't go. There's a sort of company going as well because of his injuries, but even if he is injury prone, we would lose such a spearhead at the club if he left. I think he's got to stay... I think he's got to stay at the club for the rest of his career and be promoted through the ranks as well as a coach. We can't get rid of company. Demichelis is obviously on his way out. And I would actually still keep both the centre-backs. I, I agree with you, Rob, that they haven't been good enough at times this season, but I would still keep them both, give them a season under a new manager and buy him one new centre-back. Because I don't think we can go chopping and changing you know, half the first team. I think we have to have some consistency in there. Mangala is a walking disaster area. He makes critical mistakes every game that he plays. He was good last night, I thought, against the you know some of the best forwards in the world. I think, I think since about April, he's really turned a corner. I don't think he's had many, many bad... Obviously, Southampton, he was appalling, but everyone was. <laughs> I don't think you can look much into that game. I was planning not to do too much on Southampton, but we probably need to mention it before but we get back, when we get back to the league. We lost 4-2. Just Correct. coming back to Silva, that's quite interesting. The, the problem for Silva is that he gets kicked... And he's got long-term injuries. That doesn't mean to say he's finished. It means to say that he can't play every week. And they need to create a squad that is capable of rotating. And the weakness of Pellegrini is that he's not created a squad that, that is excellent beyond 11 or 12 players. I, I agree with that. I think we missed Nazri for that very reason. If Nasri had been fit all season, I'm not saying we would have won the league, mm. but he could have rotated Nasri with Silver on occasions and De Bruyne, the three of them playing t- twice in three games sort of thing as an average, could have made a bit of difference to the fitness of the players and the vitality that they would bring to the game. So I think, I think you're right, Rob. We, we need some better class backup as best we can do it. To And I'd like to think youth will be promoted. We've got, you know, the youth team got to the cup final again. Yep. The EDS under-18s have won the league yet again. So we've got team players who must be right on the borderline. I've seen some of them play. Got to push them into the first team as well. Can we just say, I don't know whether you saw the game in which Villarreal beat Liverpool and they had a, a, a wonderful mesmerising player called Denis Suarez who, who, who used to play for City and, and was deemed not good enough to, to progress we'll probably re-sign him for £30 million. <laughs> Yeah, but to be fair that's not I, I agree with what you're saying but I think that's a position where maybe you have got to be better than very good to play there because while he was coming through the ranks we had Nasri and we had Silva and we had Torre at his best and now we've obviously brought De Bruyne in as well. It's, it's maybe other positions where you might think about rotating. I mean, like, for example, Kelechi. The reason he's got so much football and goals this season is because Bonnie's crap and Aguero's been injured. I mean, maybe if we had, still had Dzeko or Negredo, he might not have got a look in this season. Can I, can I pick up on that, Joe? Before we move on to Arsenal and the game at the weekend, can I just sort of talk about kind of the season? And, and whilst you could argue it's been pretty disappointing, we're potentially not going to qualify for the Champions League. We haven't won the Champions League. We've won the League Cup but one of the highlights has got to be um, Kelechi Ihanaccio oh, no that's doubt. got to be what you know that's a really exciting young prospect I don't know how many goals you'll tell Stato will tell us exactly how many goals he scored um, how many 11 11 thank you uh, one of the Statos here and you would tell us that uh, you know he looks a really exciting prospect and he, he doesn't look phased at all you know he comes on in the big games and he looks at home doesn't he I mean no, he's, he's, he's rubbish compared to Rashford <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, let's be honest about it Rashford's like he does everything he, he scores a goal and he's like the next um 
whoever. He, I had a chat a, with a mate of mine. He's English, you see. Russian's I know, English. I know. I, real, I realise. I think that's what you'll find. I know. I, I understand that. But I think it's, <laughs> it's outrageous that Iheanacho doesn't get the same... Yep level of praise that Rashford gets because his goal scoring ratio is yeah. even better than Rashford's Absolutely. I'm going to play devil's advocate here I'm not, I, d- I don't believe that Rashford's as good as Ian Acho, but I, you could potentially say that one of the reasons why he's got more attention is he's come into the first team as an 18 year old and he's got two goals against Arsenal he got the winner against City Ian Acho has been fantastic this season but he hasn't had any of those sort of standout goals that make the media Crystal Palace Last minute. That was a good, important goal, but he hasn't had them. He hasn't. If he'd scored the winner in the derby, maybe the press would have given him more attention. I've no idea, but I think that's probably why Rashford's. Ihenacho versus Rashford, whatever he's called. What's he called? Rashford. Marcus Ragford. That's him. Well, I think they're both excellent players, (laughs) and I'm very pleased that we've got Ihenacho. But the the if you reflect on the season, I mean, and the season will be defined by the next two games, not by what's uh, happened up to now. You get the sense that City have not progressed, that they've stagnated, and that they've become an aging team, and that's down to the management. The worrying thing was we said all that last season as well. The the ageing team and that we haven't progressed. Uh, and to that extent, we did sign Sterling and De Bruyne, young yeah. players. So we did bring it back a little bit, but I still think we've got a slightly ageing squad. And well, we do need to refresh it, which will happen, we know that. So let's talk about the weekend then. We've looked back, and I'm sure we have a chance over the next couple of weeks as the season draws, draws to a close to have a proper look back over the season and the highlights and lowlights, etc. But let's just talk about the weekend and Arsenal then. Kick us off then, Paul. Well, it's obviously absolutely crucial. Beat them, we've got third place in our control because we level on points with Arsenal with a superior goal difference. I'm just worried. I really am. The team's attitude at them, not they look tired. A number of players genuinely look tired. I would rest Aguero. I'd play Iheanacho up front. Uh, there's a couple of other players that just don't look quite ready for it, whether they're injured or not, I'm not certain, being risked in the big games. We've got to win that game. We've got to, to guarantee European Champions League football, we've got to get six points. Four points might be enough, but it possibly won't be. I hear what you say, Rob, about taking the pressure off our new manager by not qualifying for Europe, but it would be a bit of a disaster if we didn't. Absolutely. That, that's quite right. And... Um I've been saying all season that we'll have a, a challenge to qualify for the Champions League because the team has been over-talked at the beginning, over-hyped at the beginning of the season and the chickens are coming home to roost uh, now. But, you know, the Arsenal game is do or die. And uh, the, the, the problem is that having played last night, having come back at four o'clock this morning, um, they're likely to run out of puff uh, in, in the second half so you want to have your emphasis on fitness and I, I don't understand why Delph has not come on um, in terms of uh, performance because this is a kind of game we should be looking to him to play but he was, he was awful against Southampton no, as everybody was as we keep saying that's our mention of Southampton done now I think we don't have to mention it I think Joe sorry, we lost 4-2 didn't we Joe yeah we lost 4-2 scored twice. scored 2 great thank you moving on then yeah done that Good. Yeah. now Arsenal this weekend I do think we are going to beat them but I have a slightly sad feeling it's going to say more about them than it does about us because they are they are bottlers and can't handle a big game like this. So, uh, you never know. They might turn up and do to us what they did to us last season, which, to, to Wenger's credit, was very impressive. But, you know, play it properly. You're right. Rest some players. Put Sterling on the pitch. Put Nasri on the pitch. Have a real go at them. You know, make sure they can't attack us in the midfield. 
we've got to win this game and I don't know I don't, I'm going to put a positive spin on it and say they've got such a point to prove after this really disappointing week and maybe this is the perfect game to do it in Arsenal are going to be up for it though aren't they of course because they know if they win it they've got Champions League football yeah but they, um, they belong in fourth so if they lose to us yeah but they'll, they'll be going for third clearly I mean beat us they've got third place simple as that possibly second as well um, it's, it's going to be a tough game would, would I take a draw now probably although I know that doesn't mean it's totally in our hands and we might be dependent on what happens to that other team I wouldn't take a draw because if, if we get a draw with them there's no way that they're going to lose to Villa next weekend we've got to beat Arsenal and this has got to be one game I know it's a bit me, sad to talk about like this but we've got to treat it like a cup final let it? me ask this question if you're offered fourth place now or the risk of third or fifth which would you take? I'd take fourth uh, yeah I'd take fourth so that's my answer and that, that to me is why you can't rest Aguero you have to play him he can't be as disappointing as he was uh, last night he knows that and this is a perfect opportunity for him on that note huge thanks to Robert Barron CTID to Joe Doherty and to one in 20 million Paul Denby this is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon if you like this podcast come and join me Mark Webster for the Whistleblowers a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net and it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one this is a playback media production served to you in association with why not think people Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.